You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Thank you so much, Mark, for not killing us a couple of years ago. And we, we had a, a men's retreat out in Campo, and it was, I mean, bucketing down rain. Mark was so beautiful. He comes and picks us up in an ATV uh, to get us to, to, to the tent, going this, this, this back way around as they were doing the, uh, the kind of the trail run with all the young people. But there was so much mud that had flung up on, onto the windscreen. We couldn't hardly see. I think we had like little gaps. And, uh, and we're driving up. We're just about to cross the street. And of all the vehicles to be coming towards us, there is a cop car flying towards us, a big police SUV and because we couldn't see limited vision we were about to pull out in front of it and I think it was either me or Pastor Mike Kai called out and thank God you know he's a firefighter so he's got these you know reflexes of like spider he's got spider senses and he just kind of turns at the last minute well the cop car slides and goes off the road puts his lights on and then one of the naughty pastors I won't tell you who it was said just go just go flatten it and so we just flattened it and, uh, and then he's like, hang on, I work with these people. I can't run from, so he called the cops and said, actually, that was me. We had a good old laugh. So thank you for all you've been doing. And uh, come on, can we just thank all the people that put on uniforms, whether it's our police, whether it's our firefighters, whether it's our ambulance people, our, our you know, first responders, just thank God, thank God. And thank God for you. Thank God for making the effort today to, to come out to the house of God, I promise you, you're not going to leave short change. So Genesis 2 verse 7 says this. It says, um, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. The truth is, they say that a, a human being just on kind of like a material value is, you know, we're 80% water. And then, you know, the rest of us is, you know, a few little bits of potassium and everything else in us. And it's, you know, we're not really worth a whole lot. But it was the breath of God, the breath of God that created the Einsteins. It was the breath of God that creates Thomas Edison's. It's the breath of God that creates the genius, the Nobels. It's the breath of God in you. And if you said to me, hey, what is the assignment of Awakened Church? It's... To, to basically destroy the narrative and the lie of the world that you are from the dust. The lie that we teach in our school is evolution, that you, you evolved from a monkey. You're a monkey that, you know, became lucky. And isn't it just crazy that the monkeys stopped evolving? No, no talking monkeys. No monkeys that have grown a toe. If you ever see, if you ever see the, the evolutionary chart, they, they lie and they cheat in it because the very, very first one has a toe. Monkeys have four hands. They don't have toes. But because it destroys evolution, they have to change it on the chart to deceive you. You know what? A monkey that got lucky, don't look, don't look to where you came from. The, you, the breath of God on the inside of you. There are 7.6 billion people alive on the planet, but not all are living. 
they have life, but they're not all living. It's only when the breath of God comes into you, you're born again. In Genesis 1, God created man in his image and in his likeness. The reason the church has a pro-life stance is because it doesn't matter how you were conceived. I was conceived. My father had to marry my mother because he got her pregnant. And so it doesn't matter how you were conceived. My dad told me from a little boy I was an accident. And it, took, it wasn't until I was 18 and I got saved that God began to say, they may not have been prepared for you, but I had a plan prepared for you. And so we believe that every human being carries the divine spark, the Imago Dei, the image of God, that nobody is subhuman, nobody is less than. Well, you know, I was conceived, it doesn't make you less human, doesn't make you less important doesn't make you less divine, doesn't make you less beautiful, doesn't mean you have less potential, doesn't matter how you arrive, the fact that you are here, you carry, you bear, you resemble the image and the likeness of God. But the Bible says in in Genesis 2 that God forms what he has created and then he breathes into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and Adam (gasps) becomes a living being. At, at, at this church, we want you to be born again. We want you to be filled with the spirit of the living God. People say, well, you know, I go to church. I guess that makes me, you know, a Christian. Well, it makes you a churchgoer. Going to McDonald's doesn't make me a Big Mac. Although if I go there often enough, I'll start looking like one, I guess. But, <laughs> but he breathes into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and Adam becomes a living being. I was loving watching the the worship. We had beautiful Andessa Garcia on that end and her handsome husband, James Garcia, on that end. You're going to see him in the Twisted, the musical. And uh, I still remember when Andessa came into our church and I still remember when James came into our church and remember when they kind of got those little fluttering eyes and those for one another. To see them now and their beautiful little daughter, Lyric, and just the exceptional people that they are. One of the greatest delights of a pastor is to see people receive the breath of God, to see the breath of heaven fill them and awaken in them their potential. You know, we, we, get, a, we get a lot of flack and, you know, even now the media's out there because they, you know, wrote all kinds of lies, you know, about awaken, ooh, awaken church. There's an outbreak of COVID at Awaken Church. Really? Wow. Okay, not, not at Walmart, not at Costco, at Awaken Church. We have a 75-minute service at 11. We have a 75-minute service at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. In that 150 minutes, that's, and they, yeah, there's 14 people at Awaken Church. We have 8,000 people that call, so I don't even know what that is, 0.0-something percent, but that's an outbreak. But, but Costco's open, you know, 80 hours a week. Walmart's open 100 hours a week, but didn't happen there. Oh, no, they got it from. Anyway, and so, but, but, but the breath of God comes upon your life and awakens. And, and you know, ooh, that, that awakened church, they're just like, you know, they preach a Joel Osteen that God's for you and God wants to promise. It's almost like they believe the promises of Scripture, don't they? Like awakened church, they believe that God heals cancer. Like it's like it's like they take the Bible literal down there. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Accusation landed, received. Yes. 
Actually, I do believe that your greatest days are in front of you when the breath of God comes and enters you and you begin to awaken to your true potential. I honestly believe until the Spirit of God enters you, you will find yourself misplaced and displaced, always striving, always pressing, but never arriving, never really fully comprehending what God has got for you. And um, that's, that's why it's so important that we do what we do. Now come with me to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, here they are, look at them. What a beautiful couple, James and Andessa. I was just talking about you guys, how amazing you were and uh, beautiful little lyric. And James has already said, hey, next, next baby, we're calling it Jürgen, whether it's a boy or girl. I was quite moved actually, if I was honest with you. It's Jürgen, whether it's a boy or girl. And I thought, wow, that's amazing because, you know, obviously Matt and Michaela have little baby Murgan. And, uh, you know, there's Micah, Merrick, and little Murgan. And uh, I'm just quite impacted, really. And anyway, Ezekiel 37. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me into the, in the Spirit of the Lord out and set me down in the midst of a valley. And it was full of bones, full of bones, full of death, like a graveyard. Then he, he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? If you, if you will just take some license right now, let me give you some permission. If you will replace the word Son of man in there, put your name in there or at least put the church if you don't feel comfortable putting your name in there. Church, can these bones live? Church, can these shuttered businesses reopen? Church, can this devastated economy revive? Church, can these people who have fallen back into addiction, can they break free again? Can these marriages on the brink, can they revive again? Can can people advance again? Can people prosper again? Can people believe again, son of man? You're in the right house. You're in the right church when the preaching and the teaching presses on your believing. I don't believe that you're in the right house, the right church, if it never presses on the ceilings, if it never challenges the ceilings of what you believe is possible. God says to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? He's just, he's just surveyed the valley and there's, there's not just bones. He says there were very many and they were very dry. Everything looks like it's game over. It's game over in the economy. Mussolini is ruining everything. Well, he goes and dines with 22 people at French Laundry, $15,000, but we'll pay for it, taxpayers. And I... Uh, don't bother wearing masks. Don't social distance. It's a dead valley. It's death. It's hopeless. And then the word of the Lord comes to him. Can I tell you what God is looking for in the earth is a believer. Nothing changes until your belief changes. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but the, the ceilings over our lives are determined by the beliefs in our hearts. The, the devil comes to Eve and he says, has God really said you can't, can't eat off all the trees? She says, well, God said we can eat off all the trees except that one. That's his tree and we're not allowed to eat from, we're not even allowed to touch it lest we die. And he says, really, this tree? He says, see this tree, sweetie? God's holding out on you. 
He knows when you eat the fruit from this tree, you will be just like him, knowing good and evil. But he's a little insecure. He doesn't want you to reach your potential. If you want to reach your potential, you gotta, you got to go alone. you got to just reach out and take it. Don't trust God. Believe in yourself. The Bible says now she looks at the tree and she's like, my God, it's beautiful, pleasant to the eyes, desirable, good for food, able to make one wise. And she took and she ate and she gave to her husband. And then they were evicted and everything went downhill from there because what she believed determined what she received. Twelve spies cross a promised land. Twelve spies. Now we call them spies. The Bible calls them spies. Well, the headline calls them spies. But the instruction of Moses wasn't, uh, from God to Moses wasn't find 12 spies. He says, find 12 leaders. Wow. Unfortunately, what we do in this world is we ascribe somebody's identity by what they do. And so because they were spying, we just called them spies. But that's not who they were. They were leaders. He says, from all 12 leaders, I want, uh, from all 12 tribes, I want you to choose a leader. They're going to be the chief, the prince. I want you to, so all 12 tribes chose a leader from amongst them. Leaders are meant to lead. And the Bible says they cross over into the, they cross the Jordan, into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And their job was to bring back a report of how they were going to take it. And the Bible says when they came back, 10 spies came back saying, yes, truly it is as God said, a land flowing with milk and honey. However, caveat. The caveat is that its cities are fortified. They were like strongholds, like compounds. Moreover, the sons of Anak were there. There were giants in the land, the Anakim. Not only that, it was a land that devours its inhabitants. The people were numerous. We were like grasshoppers in our sight, and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. We're not able to take it. But two spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, what are you guys talking about? Their protection has departed from them. They are our bread. They are our food. Let us rise up at once, for we are well able to take it if the Lord delights in us. Now, it is a trick question, but who was right, the ten or the two? Those who have heard this teaching before know that all 12 were correct. All 12, the 10 that said it couldn't be done, 100% correct. For them, it wasn't done. They never crossed the Jordan. They never took Jericho and they never took it. They never possessed the promises of God. They died on this side of their potential. They died on this side of the promises of God. Same God, same anointing, same power, different end result because of what they believed. I don't really like this teaching. He's putting responsibility back on me. I don't believe that. I believe that God is sovereign and whatever he wants. Well, I'd encourage you to read your scriptures. Did I not say to you, Martha, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? God is always looking for a believer. You know that you're in the right house if When you come, you hear teaching from the Word of God that changes the way you believe, changes what you believe. The Apostle Paul said these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. If you said, hey, 
you know, what's, 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 the, what's the DNA of awakened church? I'd say faith, hope, and love. What's the, what's the goal of preaching? The goal of my preaching every single Sunday is to put faith, hope, and love on the inside of people. People come in, they're being beat down. This is why the enemy wants to control the airwaves. This is why big tech, Google, YouTube, they, they want to censor the airwaves because they know that he who controls the flow of information controls the level of believing in a culture. The devil doesn't want people sacking his Jericho. The devil doesn't want people taking down AI. The devil doesn't want people possessing the promises of God. That's why, that's why all the way through the, the Bible you see false prophets. Ezekiel had to deal with the false prophets of Baal. False prophets is just a modern vernacular for fake news. You have to choose, you have to choose the sources of information that enter through your, your gates. Because watch this. What you believe determines what you perceive. The 10 spies, because of what they believed, the believing shaped their perceiving. Their perception was we were like grasshoppers in our sight and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. We are not able to do it. But Joshua and Caleb, looking at the same giants, looking at the same compounds, looking at the same cities, the same strongholds, same giants, same weaponry, same armory, said, what are you talking about? We perceive their protection has departed from them. It is open slather. It is game on. It is time to execute. It is time. Same territory, same land. Two different perceptions because of two different believing. What you believe determines what you perceive. This is important because what you perceive ultimately will determine what you receive. I want to put faith in people that have been so beat down. Once you've had a few losses, it's very easy to lose faith. Faith, hope, and love. If, if this house, if this house, if, if the preaching in this house doesn't put faith, find a different house. If it doesn't put hope on the inside of you. If you walk in with more hope than you... Then, then something's wrong. In this house, the preaching of the Word of God should put faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It should put hope. Hope is that tomorrow is going to be better than today. You may be in the middle of a valley. It may be full of dead and dry bones, but you can believe God that, you know what? We're going to come out because God has not left me. He's going to cause me to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy to these bones and they're going to live again. You should walk out with more love than you walked in with. Faith, hope, and love. 2020, what a crazy year. Can you believe this year? What an unbelievable year. If you would have told me what this year was gonna be like, I would have talked to Dr. Matt. I would have said, hey, can you put me in your hyperbaric chamber? Has that, like, has that got like a hibernation switch? Just put me to sleep and wake me in February 2021. Wake me when the year's all over. Dear Jesus, can you, I mean, crazy. We have like covid and we have like race riots, BLM, Antifa, defund the police, you know, burning down cities. I mean, it's just out of control. Shutting down economies, you know, all, all the crazy stuff that's happening. And then God said, you know, it's actually the devil showing his hand. 
Is the devil showing you what's going on? I said, in what way? God says to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. Can these bones live? And he says, Lord, you know. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The, the job of the church is to, to hit against the ceilings of what is possible and impossible and then launch from what you have perceived up till now is impossible and launch into that, that realm where with God all things are possible. The question is, are you with God? Because when you're with God, all things are possible. You move into the all things are possible network. Once you move into that zone, all of a sudden God says, now I want you to fill your mouth and I want you to begin to prophesy. I want you to begin to prophesy. He says, now prophesy, son of man, prophesy to these bones that they may live. Surely I'll, I'll cause my breath to enter into you and, and, and they shall live. And I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and breath and breathe in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I was prophesying as I was commanded. I prophesied there was a noise, sudden rattling. Bones came together, bone to bone indeed. As I looked, sinews and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said, prophesy to the breath, son of man, prophesy. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Every Sunday, every Sunday, when people come in and their bones are dry from being beaten down, their bones are dry from their business shattered, their bones are dry from falling back into an addiction, their bones are dry from turning to alcohol, their bones are dry because of marriages, their bones are dry because of hopelessness, their bones are dry because of fear. In this house, I'm going to prophesy the word of the Lord. I'm going to prophesy to the breath of God so the breath of God enters again. The word of the Lord comes again. You'll find a reconnecting. You'll find a rejoining. You'll find a rebuilding. And you'll find the breath of God causing an awakening to come up an exceedingly great and mighty army. Then he goes down. Have a look at verse 16. As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and write on it for Judah. And then take another stick and for his companions and take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim. For all the house of Israel and his companions and join them one to another for yourself into one stick and they shall become one in your hand. In 2020, I'm not sure if you realize this, but when we saw George Floyd gasping for breath with a policeman's knee on his neck, a cry of injustice went all over the world, sparked all the race riots. T-shirts were printed. And on the T-shirts, the words, I can't, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. At the same time, at the same time in 2020, a SARS virus comes out of the, the labs of Wuhan and is released right around the world. COVID is a SARS virus, severe acute respiratory syndrome. It attacks the breathing, attacks the breathing, attacks the breathing. Dr. Fauci the other day was saying, even with the vaccine, even if the vaccine's successful, people are still going to have to wear masks. And the masks cover your breathing, your breath. The, the devil always lets us know what heaven is up to. When, when the deliverer was coming to deliver Israel out of Egypt after 400 years of bondage and slavery, 
The devil knew a deliverer was coming, so he had Pharaoh issue a decree that all the firstborn children, all the sons were thrown into the, into the, the Nile River, drown all the sons because there's a deliverer coming. The promise of God is there's a deliverer coming. The devil always tells you what is going on because he always overplays his hands when Mashiach, when Yeshua HaMashiach, when Jesus the Christ, when the Messiah was coming into the earth, Herod, out of threat, what do you mean there's a star? Who was he who was born king of the Jews? He has all the children under three, all the male children under three executed because the devil knows that when the devil is going after breath, when the devil is going after breath, when the devil is all about I camp, when the devil is trying to take away, when the de- it's because he knows that we're on the cusp, we're on the brink of an awakening where God is going to breathe again. Where God is going to breathe again. And you're going to awaken. And you're going to recover. And strength is going to come. You're going to be an exceedingly great army. And so Ezekiel has an assignment. And this, this message last week was, when I preached it in Salt Lake, but I preached it differently, was called the breath of God. But I felt the Lord say this morning, no, preach it as heaven's encore. Heaven's encore. Because when you read about a prophet in the Old Testament, it is just a picture, a snapshot of what the church is meant to be in the, church, in the world. The church is meant to be God's prophetic mouth, mouthpiece in the world. The Bible says that God watches over His Word to perform it. The Bible says the disciples went out preaching the Word, God confirming the Word, or the Holy Spirit confirming the Word with signs and wonders following. In other words, heaven's power follows the releasing of God's Word. Heaven's power follows the releasing of God's Word. The devil doesn't want the church releasing God's Word. It's interesting. Find it interesting. Strip clubs, exempt. You're allowed to be open. Liquor stores, you're allowed to be open. Marijuana dispensaries, open. Casinos, open. Church, shut. They want to close it. Right now they're filming out there. I want to shut down the church, shut her down. Because the devil's terrified. He's terrified of the word of the Lord being released. Because he knows when the word of the Lord is released, God watches over his word to perform it. Let me, let me tell you a secret that the devil does not want you to hear. If you go to a religious church, they, don't want, they won't preach this. And they'll be, mad at me they'll call me a heretic for preaching it but it's the truth the devil doesn't want you to know that the Bible says the angels are postured to obey the word of the Lord the angels are positioned to obey the word of the Lord now here's the thing they, they, they operate on a frequency where when they hear the word of the Lord They immediately go with their power to obey the word of the Lord. Here's the thing. They don't know from where the word came. They don't know whether it came from the mouth of him that sitteth on the throne or whether it came from beautiful Ali Cullen. Because it doesn't matter whether it came from him on the throne or from his princess daughter. All they recognize is the frequency of the word of God. When you release the word of God, The devil doesn't want you to release the Word of God because God watches over His Word to perform it. 
Amos 3.3 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing in the earth except He first reveal His secret to His servants, the prophets. In other words, God, God wants His, His will to come to pass, to pass. So He sought for a man, a woman, son of man, can these bones, I want you to prophesy because my power, I want to show you that you are heaven's encore. I want to show you this partnership. I want you to show you, show you how we change things. I want to show you how I have positioned you to be my vice regent in the earth. Don't speak fear. Don't speak hopeless. Don't speak death. Don't speak game over. Fill your mouth with the word of the Lord. Three times, three times the devil comes to Jesus in the wilderness. Three times he attacks Three times he comes in. Three times Jesus does this. Hey, devil. It is written. <laughs> Worship the Lord. Three times Jesus just says, it is written. See, the devil in the beginning says, has God really said? Jesus, oh, ho, ho, ho. Let me just tell you. Let me tell you. We don't. I'm Jewish devil, as you know. He says, we don't, the Jewish race doesn't just believe what God said. No, no, we so believe that, that we wrote it. We wrote it, we scribed it, and we fasten it. We meditate upon it day and night. So let me tell you, devil, it is written. We don't just believe it. It is written. It is secure. It is established. Three times the devil attacks him. Three times Jesus whoops him with, it is written. Kabam. It is written. Kapam. It is written, kapam. To, to defeat the devil, all Jesus had to do was speak and declare what God said. Jesus had the power to snuff him out, but he wanted to model to you and I. I don't need to even use my magic powers. The Word of God overcomes. When the Word of God is in, don't speak hopelessness. Don't speak fear. Don't speak negativity. Don't, 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 don't speak out of your emotion. Oh man, we're never going to make it. Oh man, it's, it's over. It's not. Don't speak those things. Speak the word of God. Oh, what if all the experts, the, all, all the experts are... They told me my little daughter who's 12. They told her we should abort her. She had nine markers for Down syndrome. She had, apparently according to the doctors with the, the, the two tests that they did, uh, Severe chromosome deficiencies, deformations in the lungs, deformations in the heart. They said, unless you're prepared to have a severely disabled child, we suggest that you abort her. I get home, the word of the Lord comes to me, James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. And I said to Leanne, I said, baby, you can stop crying. God just spoke to me. And he said, he's still knitting her together in the womb. The doctors thought I was an idiot. I don't care. You can think whatever you like. I'm just going to keep prophesying. Because I know that God's power follows His Word. I don't know when the Word of the Lord comes to me. And when Zoe was born, the doctor who gave, went, Oh my God, she's perfect. And I snatched her. I said, Absolutely. God's power is always ready to land on His Word. The devil wants to silence the church because he knows that then God's power remains in neutral. It remains, it's, it's idling, but it has no resting, it has no acting. 
it waits for the word of the Lord. The 12 spies that went out, 10 complained. 10 had a negative confession. But the two that had a positive confession, they rehearsed the promises of God. When David stood before Goliath, the Israelite army said, who is able to fight against this warrior? He's undefeated. He's nine foot nine tall. He's the champion. He's, he's well armored. He, he's got a sword, a spear, a javelin, and a shield bearer goes before him. And little David comes down and he says, what will be done for the man that kills him? The Israelites were saying, who was able to fight with him? And he's saying, what will be done for the guy that takes him out? Nobody's asking that question. But they were looking at an undefeated champion. They were looking at an enigma. They were looking at a freak of nature. David was rehearsing the promise of God. See, God said to to Joshua, when you bring the Israelites across the Jordan into the promised land, no man shall be able to stand before you. If you read the opening stanza of 1 Samuel 17, it talks about his helmet. It talks about his uh, coat of armor. It talks about the bronze on his arms and the bronze on his forearms and on his shins. It talks about the sword. It talks about the weight of the spear, a weight of the... It talks about the iron head. It talks about all of that kind of stuff. But David does this. He's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Well, that's, oh, David, that's a little bit like personal. David is saying, the Bible says, God said, no man. You're looking at all of his accoutrements. I'm looking at the fact that he is still a man. It doesn't matter that he's a nine foot nine man. It doesn't matter that it's two against one. He's still a man. And the promise of God that I've got my faith in, that He's not fighting a 16-year-old boy. He's fighting against a God who does not fail to fulfill His promises. God watches over His Word to perform it. God is watching this battle right now. He gave a word that no man shall be able to stand. I don't need a sword. I don't need a spear. I don't need a javelin. I've just got one stone in my sling, ching, ching. And I've got the Almighty God watching over His Word. And if I launch out... If I launch out His Word, His power comes upon that Word. You were created to be the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed going in, blessed coming out. God wants to breathe on you, make you a mighty army to recover all. Let me just finish. So He says, I want you to take two sticks. One is Judah. The other one is Ephraim. And I want you to take these two sticks and I want you to bind them together because the two are going to become one in your hand. I was born in Germany and when I was little, I remember being very, very fascinated. I was born in 1967 and I was very, very fascinated as a little boy talking to my grandparents about World War II. And they showed me signs. There were still some signs that were around. Juden verboten. Jews forbidden. Juden verboten. We get the name Jew from Judaism, from the tribe of Judah. It's really interesting. The one nation that has been under continual attack is the tribe of Judah. Not the tribe of Naphtali. Not the tribe of Benjamin. But the tribe of Judah. Why the tribe of Judah? Because Judah means praise. 
Mussolini says we can have church. We just can't. We just can't sing. We just can't praise. Of all the nations that the devil has tried to wipe out, he's tried to wipe out the nation of praise in the earth. Because the earth is never more like heaven than when she's in praise. Angels have a Forrest Gump moment. Remember, remember, remember Forrest is running? And he's like, Jenna, it was so beautiful. I didn't know where the earth finished and heaven began. And, and you see that beautiful sunset. I think it might be out like in Moab or somewhere out in Utah. And you just see just like stunning red sky. I can't tell where the earth finished and heaven began. That's the angels. The angels, when, when, when the church is in praise, the angel, it discombobulates them. They can't tell where, where, where does earth finish and heaven begin because we're never more like heaven than when we're in praise. Now watch this. He says, I want you to take praise and I want you to bind it to Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitful in a foreign land. Fruitful in a foreign land. Do you know there were, when the kingdom was split into two kingdoms in Israel, there were 11 tribes or one kingdom, the northern kingdom, and then the southern kingdom was the kingdom of Judah. And Judah could hold its own against all 11 brothers because Judah was more fruitful. Praise, praise produces fruitfulness in your life. But not just fruitfulness, it causes you to be fruitful in a foreign land. In other words, if you will take the praise of God and not let Mussolini, not let the government, not let throw away your First Amendment, not, not, you can step into a foreign land. You can step into draconian lockdowns. You can step into COVID shutdowns. You can step into a shuttered economy. You can step into and you can be fruitful in a foreign land because it's not what's happening around you. It's the fact that God inhabits the praises of His people, that you live under an open heaven, that God can bless you in the city. He can bless you in the country. He can bless you in the wilderness. He can prosper you. He can cause you to flourish. Fruitful in a foreign land. My father came from dysfunction, abuse, alcohol abuse, poverty. His father before him. This looked like it was going to be my lot. But because I got saved, become a Christ follower, praise in my mouth has caused me to be fruitful. Ephraim, I can be fruitful in a foreign land where now I'm at the age where I'm providing for my father, looking after my father who was a mess, as well as providing for my family and providing for my children. It, it blows my mind, but I know that all glory and praise goes to God. It's because God took praise, combined it with Ephraim blessed in a fruitful land. You don't need to move to Idaho. You don't need to move to Oklahoma, you don't need to move to Kentucky. You can be fruitful in a foreign land. You can be fruitful in chat. I've never been here before. I've never been a business owner before. I've never. You can be fruitful in what is foreign to you. You can be fruitful in what you've never experienced. Well, nobody's ever experienced. Guess what? You can be fruitful. The signature of God is fruitfulness over your life. I've gone way over time. People on the front row are doing this. It's like, you know, you're in big trouble when you're doing that. Why don't you stand to your feet? Feel the power of God here. Feel the power of God. God wants to shift some things.
Can I say this? Absolutely, God will touch you in your seat. But I just kind of feel, I just kind of feel like you're sticking it to the devil this morning. I have no, no doubt that God will touch you in your seat. But I feel there's a, there's a breakthrough anointing here this morning. Because you didn't care about all the negative press that the media was writing about Awakened Church and everything that you, you came out. Because you didn't kind of fear what everyone else is saying, you came out. There's, I feel there's an anointing here for breakthrough. God will touch you in your seat, but He transforms at the altar. And if you're saying, man, I need a breakthrough. I, I need that word. I need to change the word in my mouth. I want to be, I want the breath of heaven to enter me again. Would you do something? Would you slip out of your seat and come and, come and fill this altar area down here? And we'll have our, our, our ministry team come and they're going to pray for you. They say, well, what, what's, what, what's with going down the front? Isn't that a little bit awkward? Yeah, probably. Here's what I found though. Many times I've been in church and I've been in church now 34 years and I'll hear a word and I know that's a word for me and then there's an appeal, an opportunity to come forward and I'm like, ah, what will people think? Ah, and here's the great danger. If I stay where I am, I'm in danger of staying where I am. And I found that pride is always the thing that keeps me from every breakthrough. So if you would just jettison pride and say, you know what? I don't want to stay where I am. I don't want to stay stuck. If God's pouring something out, I want it. So excuse me. Just say, if you're in the middle of an aisle, just say, excuse me. I want what God's pouring out. Excuse me. I'm going to another level. Excuse me. I'm about to break through. Excuse me. I'm about to go into the best season of my life. Excuse me. Could you just move aside? I'm about to get some heaven on my life. Just come right in. Just come right in. Come on, if that's you, would you begin to come? to come. If your life's not right with God, begin to come. If you're away from God, begin to come. If you just need a fresh touch from God, begin to come. Come on. Come on, let's sing this beautiful song. Come on. Come on, you come. If that's you, if you're like, man, that was a word for me. Come and, come and respond. You better bring someone with you. Bring them with you.
amen, amen. I want you to do something for me. Would you just kind of lift your hands? A lot of people say, well, you know, lifting your hands is a sign of surrender. And absolutely, it's a sign of surrender. But I want you to know God's not pointing a gun at you. When I would travel, I would come home and my, my kids, I'd open the door and they'd see me and they'd come running and they'd stand in front of me and they'd go. And I knew that meant, hey, daddy, pick me up. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I just need my heavenly daddy to pick me up. Just to be held again, feel his strength, feel his power. But let me just tell you today, it's going to be a little bit different. Maybe some of you need to pick up and that's absolutely fine. On the side of a lot of our homes or on our, on our roofs, we have satellite dishes. You know, there used to be TV antennas, but now it's like a, whether it's the Dish Network or Direct TV or whatever it is that you have. And what it does is it picks up invisible, there's invisible signals that it picks up, it translates it, and then it puts pictures on a rectangular thing hanging on the wall of your living room. When you lift your hands like this, the Holy Spirit, who carries the signal of heaven. He carries the signal of an extraterrestrial domain. He carries the signal of another world, of a, of a network where all things are possible. And when you lift your hands, what He does is He changes the pictures. You may have walked in with pictures of devastation, like Ezekiel, pictures of dry bones, and they were very dry, and it was overwhelming, and it was depressing. You may have walked in with pictures of business failure, foreclosure, pictures of the driving out repossessing your vehicles pictures of of, of divorce documents being drawn up of, of attorneys getting involved pictures of, of addiction but when you come into this house and you lift your hands the spirit of the living God you become a receiving you become a receiver with your hands lifted and God wants to right now change the pictures on hearts Father, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that every single person with their hands lifted, and every single man and woman that have came forward, I declare right now the power of God is upon them. I declare that the Lord your God is with you. He will neither leave you nor forsake you. The Spirit of God and the breath of God will fill you and enter you again. And He's going to begin to change the picture from hopelessness to hopeful, from despair to conquering to victory that your greatest days are in front of you. The blessing and breakthrough are your portion in the land of the living. That God has a plan and a purpose, a divine purpose, a divine attribute, divine calling for your life. I declare that things are about to shift over your life. Things You're about to move out of a wilderness, move out of a dry, move out of a desert. You're going to find water again. You're going to find an oasis again. Father, I thank you that businesses are flourishing. Marriages are flourishing. I come against every addiction every chain and every shackle and declare broken in Jesus' name. Devil, I declare right now, whatever chain, whatever shackle, pornography, I declare right now, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, substance abuse, gambling addiction, I declare broken right now in Jesus' name. Loose off their minds, loose off their lives in Jesus' name. There's some people here you've, you've lost this year. This year you look down, it's been a year of loss. Even your accountant says, hey, we're just gonna chalk it up as a year of loss but the Lord would say to you no 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 you may have had a season of loss but you're about to enter a season of recovery you're about to end I have not left you I have not forsake you God is not without wisdom God is not without solution God is not without power in the midst of your desert in the midst of the dry in the midst of the valley 
God says prophesy and everything's going to come back together again. It's going to rattle again. God is with you. God is for you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. Your greatest days are still in front of you, not behind you. The Goliath that is standing in your way is about to come down. Father, we bless these beautiful people. We declare the breakthrough of God. We declare the increase of God, the favor of God comes upon their lives in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's sing it again. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.